0: Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today's episode is a conversation I had the other day with Brennan Martin, who is the author of Teeny, Professional Wrestling's Grand Dame. It's a story about Teeny, also known as Christine Jarrett, who is the grandmother of Jeff Jarrett, the mother of Jerry Jarrett, the legendary wrestling promoter. Uh, they're both legendary wrestling promoters at this point, uh, Jerry and Jeff. Also, uh, Talents in the Ring as well. Great stories. We talk about Jim Cornette. We talk about Jerry Lawler. We talk about a whole bunch of, you know, just old school pro wrestling stuff. And we talk about the book a lot, of course, because I want you to check it out. You can find it online to search for it. Really easy to find. It's a great story. The cover is teeny right next to Andre the Giant right on the cover. So there you go. But before we get started with this conversation, make sure to check out Heroes and Legends who are celebrating 15 years in business they are a pro wrestling collectible company that specialize in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling, and they can be found live at the following dates. We've got Universal Championship Wrestling Fury Road, that's UCW, on September the 16th in Owensboro, Kentucky, and then after that... Russell Cade in Winston Salem, North Carolina, as November the twenty fifth. Me and Brendan Martin actually talked about Russell a little bit at the end of the show. Which you will be listening to right now because he'll be there as well. Russell Cade, but come on by to the Heroes and Legends section at Russell because Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn will be live in person, doing autographs, taking pictures, interviews, little stories. It's gonna be awesome, and they're two massive, massive massive legends in the world of mixed martial arts as well as professional wrestling and you don't want to miss out. I'll be there live like I may have just mentioned and I may be there as well on September the 16th at Owensboro, Kentucky. We'll see about that but if I'm not there make sure to definitely say hey to the folks at Heroes and Legends while you're there. Also shout out to WrestleRumble.com best pick'em contests in the world. Check them out. WrestleRumble.com. Grab yourself a t-shirt while you're on the website, follow them on Twitter, at WrestleRumble. It's fantasy pro wrestling. You can win money, and you can win prizes. What more do I really have to say? If you sit on the couch, like me, like all these other fans out there, and you are constantly sitting there going, hey, but this is gonna happen. Oh, boom, I told you. I told you that was gonna happen. Oh, I can't wait to see this happen. Oh, they're so predictable. They're always gonna write it this way, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You can win cash and prizes just for predicting professional wrestling at WrestleRumble.com. So check it out right now. Also, hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. He is a USA Boxing coach, personal trainer, and MMA conditioning expert out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. That's in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Give him a call at 404-316-4516 or email him directly at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is b-r-y-a-n at delgadoboxing.net. Also, check him out on Instagram, B M J. MMA, get a knockout workout without getting knocked out, hit up Brian Jensen at Dalgona Boxing right now. And you know what, normally I do a little Williamson Brothers plug right here, but me and Brendan Martin actually talk about it right at the beginning of the episode because I hooked him up with some Williamson Brothers barbecue sauce and he, well, I'll let you hear it. I'll let you, I'll let you hear his actual, his actual review of the sauce, completely unsolicited. We just started talking for the episode and one of the first things he brought up is the Williamson Brothers barbecue sauce because he liked it so much. But you're going to hear how much he liked it here in just a second. But if you don't know about it, check it out. It's all natural, gluten-free. You can find it all over the place. Go on walmart.com, search tab, Williamson Bros, or williamsonbros.com, or check them out in person, three physical locations in the Atlanta, Georgia area. It's the best stuff out there. I can't say enough good things, so check it out. And with that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Brendan Martin, talking teeny professional wrestling's grand dame and a whole bunch of just old school pro wrestling talk here on the fight talk podcast hey brendan how you doing man
1: it's going very well you don't want to forget to thank you for that barbecue
0: sauce oh Uh, yes i
1: uh, cooked with it
0: and it was so good awesome i'm glad to hear that man i've gotten nothing but good feedback on that williamson Bros sauce and i mean they're they're a great sponsor of the podcast they're and they're a good family-owned business man so uh i I, i'm glad to hear that you enjoy that that sauce and also thank you i want to mention this too I'll, i'll make sure this makes the the podcast is part here, but thanks for telling me about the uh, the poor peddler man in, in Paducah, <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> that place is uh, that place is solid. I'm gonna be going back there uh, in about a month and a half. So, uh, that's yeah, basically, dude. That place was, it was That was that was really solid, man. That was that yeah, was that was great.
1: Of the night, but I wish I had gone starving because
0: they just had so much, but anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed that yeah absolutely we uh we were joking me and my roommate that next time we're gonna, like starve ourselves for a day in advance before we go <laughs> yeah, exactly. man awesome well brendan as as far as the book goes, man, I really enjoyed the book it's a it's a great story with a lot of great uh like insider information in there too, like little backstage stories. And, uh, you know, the story of, of Teeny, you know, Christine Jarrett, who, you know, what, what I really like about it, too, is I live in Nashville, Tennessee. We, we met in Nashville, Tennessee at the Nashville Fairgrounds at a Freedom Pro Wrestling show. And, I, I mean, what would you, as far as, you know, if you were just to kind of tell somebody brand new who, who didn't really know anything about the book or about Teeny Jarrett, uh, kind of what would you tell them about this book and kind of what to expect if they were to pick it up?
1: I guess I would tell them Teenie is the person who got the Jarrett family started in wrestling. Uh, it's the story of a woman who was a single mother who came from a very, very poor background and who took a second job selling tickets and ended up really succeeding uh, in a man's world while maintaining her, uh, her own values. You know, she wasn't tainted by the business uh it's the, it's a success story and it's one that uh that i owe everything to in terms of where i am in life right now and, and my family as well where we're sort of we owe everything to teeny and uh it's an homage to her and it's just that
0: Yeah, and I definitely, uh, I agree with that as far as, you know, as somebody who who recently read the book, I think that that's that's right on point. And and it's a story that I think, uh, like you said, that wrestling fans as well as just like casual, you know, just maybe casual wrestling fans or even just people who like a good read. It's for everybody. I think it's a really great story. Yeah,
1: in some ways, you know, in some ways it's not about wrestling. And obviously in a lot of ways it is, uh, and there's a lot of wrestling in there.
0: Well, something that I thought was really cool about Teeny that I, it kind of caught me out of out of the blue was I put some tweets out there um, a couple of days after we met. When I first started digging into the book, I just put some stuff out there on, on social media, uh, just kind of letting people know, "Hey, I'm reading this book, and this is kind of what it's about." And I had Mark Coleman hit me up, who's a UFC Hall of Famer, and he uh, I cover mixed martial arts as well as well as professional wrestling on the show, and Mark. Uh, Shot me a direct message on Twitter and was like Because we we talk very occasionally about just random stuff And he was like, Teenie was the best, man Like, she was the best She's a a legend And I was like, well, you knew about Teenie Jarrett? And I'm like, this is a UFC Hall of Famer Yeah, so he he's a he's in the UFC Hall of Fame. He was around from really the beginning, the early days of the UFC. So I'd imagine I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I'd imagine he was around as probably a Jerry Jarrett fan as like a kind of a old school pro wrestling fan who got into MMA. And then of course, I mean just through association and his wrestling background, I'd imagine just familiar with with just the Jarretts in general, but was probably backstage at some at some of those older you know older events especially when he was breaking into the UFC so uh getting like the a high, a high praise from a guy of that status in the world of MMA was was kind of surprising to me because it, I know th- I know the two the two worlds cross uh, cross each other fairly often but uh I didn't expect to hear that I was like wow Mark Coleman just put this put Tina over big time um and that that was huge
1: story. You know, she she is known and, and those who are kind of hardcore fans of wrestling have heard of her. It, you know, Jim Cornette talks about her all the time, uh, in the sense that, you know, he gives her the credit that I think she deserves. But I felt like well, I just I'm very grateful for everything she did for us and I sorta of want her to be known as widely as possible and that's why I wrote the book.
0: And I'm glad that you did. And and you just mentioned Jim Cornette which I thought that was a really cool uh, part of the story in the book is, without giving anything away, because I do want people to go pick it up and read it themselves, but, I mean, you get a, a completely different perspective on, like, just the career of someone like Jim Cornette, just kind of knowing, like, okay, most of us nowadays, unless we've been following wrestling a long time, like like I have, for instance, a lot of people don't really know Jim Cornette really even as like a manager anymore, like because it's it's he's been in the business so long and everyone knows him now just like this, this big wrestling personality, and you know they might be familiar with his work as, as a manager and stuff, but it's really cool getting from like the the very beginning, like okay, I'm painting a picture here of this eight year old kid sitting in the stands, you know, buying up all the black and white photos at, at the merch tables, that and it's like you, you see you see it from before there were anything and. I really, really like the perspective that you're able to give on guys like Jim Cornette, guys like Jeff Jarrett, uh, even guys like Jerry Lawler. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, as far as Jim goes, he's you know he's as legit as they come in terms of being a wrestling fan. Uh, he uh, I do go into that story and all of the all the details around that came from Jim directly. I got the chance to visit with him again while I was writing the book, and and he uh,
1: told me a lot of these stories. Some of, some of which were about him and, and then of course he told me other or other stories that ended up in the book as well because he's just a, a wealth of knowledge about the business and, and he had known Teeny, well he, he'd known Teeny almost his entire life uh, and I won't go into all the details but yeah he, he started going to the matches because he was a fan, lived in Louisville uh, with his mom and, and I think a lot of people probably know his, his, di- his dad died when he was uh, fairly young and Teenie just took a liking to, to Jimmy, or as she called him, she always called him Jimmy, uh, because he was, a, he was a fan, and she was a fan of, of the fans of wrestling. And he was always super polite, and, and, and she also, Teenie became good friends uh, with Jim's, Jimmy's mother, Thelma, who uh, not just came to the matches, but ended up working, as Teenie called it, at the picture table. Now Now people usually know it as the gimmick table, uh, at the time, it was you know Teeny always called it the picture table, and Thelma would work that for her, and, and she so Teeny got to know uh, the two of them uh, over the years, and, and it, there became an opportunity for Jimmy to do a little bit of, of work, and I kind of put that in quotes uh, for Teeny when uh, he told her. Charge of of watching and letting and reporting back to her what you know what the show looked like that week and what ads were on and whatever and he did such a incredibly good job at that in his own words he would say his his OCD contributed to him delivering far more information than Tini ever expected and she was you know at that point she knew that he was not just a polite
0: young man but he was also smart. And attention to detail and T was all about recognizing good work she really believed that you should foster that in people and so she ended up fostering that in jimmy and and as he got older giving him more and more responsibilities uh until Man, it's incredible. Like there's there's so much cool stuff about just just all that. Like, especially knowing for someone like me who does my own thing with the podcast, and there's a lot of other people that kinda just kinda just kinda do their own thing and just trying to figure out how to carve out kind of their own place in like the world of pro wrestling and It's like, it's really motivational when I hear that kind of stuff. When I see these stories about, because I could totally picture, especially knowing what Jim Cornette's like nowadays and how you see him, like, on TV and on, like, all the stuff that he's on. He's like, he's always been such a mega fan of pro wrestling, especially, like, old, like, southern pro wrestling. And And he he still marks out occasionally, right? Yes. He just just loses it. I I
1: saw him recently. The most recent time I, I, I was able to see Jimmy was we were both at a show down in Jacksonville. Tennessee, uh, and excuse me, Jackson, Tennessee. And, uh, he was there, uh, managing the rock and roll express. And, uh, we had tables set up beforehand where, uh, Robert and Ricky were selling t-shirts and signing autographs and I was selling books and, and Jimmy was selling the, you know, a small piece of the wealth of different products that he has. And I have a photo album, uh, a couple of them from Teeny's collection. Uh, Tony Fogg and the Rock and Roll Express just got lost in, because a lot of them are these old pictures from the 30s, 40s, 50s of wrestlers uh, who have, uh, most of which long since died. A few of which are are, are still around. Uh, Like you know, there's a very young picture of uh, of Lynn Rossi in there, and of course he's still hanging in there. But uh, Jimmy just got lost in those in those photographs, and it was. It was fun to, to watch him sort of transform from the megastar that he is uh, back to that little kid um, all uh,
0: geeked out over wrestling. Now, I, I wanted to ask you as well, um, because I don't know if you mentioned in the book or not. I apologize if you do, and I missed it. But I, I know at one point, part of what was so uh, interesting about this story to me was uh, when they were talking about Jim Cornette, for instance, and how protected the business was and how protected Teeny wanted to keep the business, uh, you know, you don't quote unquote smarten uh, outsiders up remarks up to the business. It was like a big theme in the story. Um, with you being around uh, the wrestlers and the talent and in your family as much as you were uh, around, what age did you start smartening up to the business and start noticing stuff?
1: But she had a way of answering my questions that wasn't ever really telling the truth either. And so I would go to her, you know, after getting in an argument on the playground at school, because, of course, I didn't tell a lot of people about my family being in the wrestling business
0: when I was young, often because it, it would end up in arguments that I just didn't want to have. Right.
1: Teeny about it and say, you know, so and so says that uh, wrestling is fake and, and all that that blood you see in the in the ring is is fake. And she would say to me something like, Let me tell you this: those men bleed. When you see blood in the ring, that is their real blood. And then she'd kind of leave it at that. Right. And, and right. you know, for me, that was okay. It's real. And of course, she didn't say. Not all the holes hurt as much as they act like it does, and they're not always really punching each other. You know that she didn't say all that. She would just say it's real blood, which it was real blood, and so. You should have <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you know, at that point, I was a teenager and, and should definitely have figured it out. But I just, I didn't. I wanted to believe
0: my, I wanted to believe what my grandmother was selling. And, uh, and so I did Sure. Well, and, and I mean, that's not an uncommon story, especially for like families of wrestling promoters. Like I know, for instance, I've heard Cody Rhodes talk about it before, where like Dusty, I don't think ever smartened up uh, Cody to the business. It was just something that, throughout the years eventually you start noticing like oh wait a second these guys who are like who are killing each other on tv or eating dinner at my house together okay this is this is a little bit different than what i was expecting and
1: that's how jeff figured it out right Right. jeff you know nobody ever started jeff up but he he finally put two and two together when he would see you know guys hanging out at his dad's place because when when jeff was very young he uh, mostly lived with his mother, who was uh, Jerry's uh, first wife. And then when he became a teenager, he moved out to Hendersonville, where Jerry had a, uh, a big place, and, and lived with him. And that's when he started seeing how things worked a bit more closely. And that's where that's kind of when he put two and two together. But, but as he told me, Jerry never sat him down and said, okay, this is how it goes.
0: Uh, right. Just one day he made it obvious to
1: his dad that was,
0: that was it well and the thing is at the end of the day and I've, I've heard kind of cody rhodes mention this as well and under the same kind of under the same mind frame where he he's like regardless of it was real or it was you know work or whatever like it's how my family made their living so we took it seriously absolutely and that's why tini didn't smarten anybody up is that she was convinced that the keeping the secret know, amongst as small a population as possible was the key to the success of the entire industry she she believed that once people knew that things were not totally legitimate, that it would you know that it, it would go away. That people would no longer come. They would feel betrayed. And as it's turned out, that, that didn't really become you know that's not how it worked out. But but she was convinced that it would. And also, I mean, you mentioned it just a moment ago as well. Uh you know the one the person who probably most historically quote unquote smartened up the world was Vincent Mann Jr., who we just mentioned, who's the current, you know, owner still to this day of the WWF, or the W W E rather, uh Vince, Vincent Kennedy, Kennedy McMahon. You you do mention him uh, and the kind of their process of trying to take over the territories in your book as well. What are your thoughts on Vincent Mann like nowadays? Like do you think that do you think that what he's done with the pro wrestling business has or the quote-unquote sport entertainment business as he calls it do you think that where it's at now is like this big global entity is is a good thing or do you still think that things were probably better off left how they were because relatively speaking you do mention it in your book as well depending on how you look at it business may have technically been better under you know different circumstances than what we see now obviously what we see now is helping out mcmahon's uh pocketbook, but, there, there was a lot more hands in that, in that pot at one point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough question. Things change, right? The world changes. I think it's unfortunate in some ways that there's become this kind of centralization of the wealth of, of wrestling into the hands of a relatively few number of people compared to what it was before.
1: But that's also something that we've seen throughout this country, right? We've got more and more money in the hands of, of fewer and fewer Sure. Yes. To go national, it's like that's just that's capitalism, that's how that's how it works, and so I, I don't have any kind of, um, uh, I don't personally have any sort of negative feelings toward Vince. Um, I might pick up the mantle for teeny sometime and call him that so and so Vince McMahon, like she did. But <laughs> that's just kind of, you know, get having my
0: grandmother's back, sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I, I do know the backstory uh, to a, to an extent about how Vince McMahon went kind of through the whole process of of you know buying up the top talent and he had you know the distribution of like being on like the syndicated TV and all that stuff and it's funny because everyone had all this sympathy for Vince during like their, the late 1990s when he was battling WCW. When WCW was doing like the exact same thing, like they had the bigger pocketbook, they were buying the talent from Vince's show and putting it onto their show. So I was always, even then, kind of like, well, why? Am I, why do I feel bad for Vince? Like he he did this to everybody else before. <laughs> like so so why you know so like you know this is just it's like you said it's capitalism. It's it's a it's an open market. It's it's okay. Well, I want to bring my talent somewhere and make the most money I possibly can. And, you know, he obviously wound up winning that that war at the end of the day. But for a while there, everyone felt so bad for him. And I was always like, why are we feeling bad? He put put everyone else out of business at one point. So, you know, it just is what it is. But I also wanted to ask you, uh, what has been your feedback, uh, if any, from like the Jarrett family or from anyone, maybe like Jerry Lawler or uh, even Jim Cornette, like you mentioned, uh, since the book came out? What's kind of been your feedback from some of the people who are mentioned in it?
1: Jerry and asked him if he had heard that I had published the book because of course he contributed to it and he, he uh, I interviewed him for it and uh, he said yeah you know he'd heard about it because at that point it had been out for a month or so and and uh, Jim had told him had told Jerry about it uh, but I I had been a little reluctant to, to reach out to Jerry about it if you you know you, now that you've read the book Stephen you may. Know why, yes, I won't yeah, issue any spoilers in there, but sure. But Jerry and I don't have the best relationship, but uh, but I've never been afraid of him and, and never will be. So, anyway, I finally called him. There was a chance we were going to see each other in Memphis at an event, and I thought, well, it'd be better for me to call him rather than just run into a not to not to support me And, and, and he knows the stories are true but but he's uh, he's also uh, decided he's not gonna he hasn't actively said he's not going to help me promote it but he just he doesn't respond anymore so story told and in order to do that i gotta kind of jump in with both feet into an area that i haven't been involved in and so uh, i'm working every angle i can uh, that, that doesn't involve uh those who knew her best uh really jumping on board
0: uh but that's okay hey well i mean like i said before i'm glad that you put this story out there and i hope that anyone who listens to this uh, really hears what, what you're saying right now because i mean it's a good read and it's one of those things where like, yeah, it might be a little controversial to some of the people mentioned in the story, um but these are stories that you've confirmed as as to be true or that you witnessed yourself or you know whatever the case is, and I think that it's worth people checking out and forming their own opinion about, so you know I think that I think that this is uh it's great what you what you put together. It was a real, real easy read for anybody listening right now i mean. It's it's really easy to pick up and read. It's it's not a difficult uh, book to understand. It's it's very and it's got a lot of really cool little interesting you know tidbits of wrestling you know knowledge in there all over the place. Just random stuff where you just pick up a page and all of a sudden you're you're reading stories about Coco Ware and you have just all this you know. I mean the 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 cover's got Teeny next to Andre the Giant. I mean what else can you really say? I
1: love that, I love that story. Because all that, you know, a lot of that, uh, as I tell it, are ba- is basically just an exact uh, retelling as Coco told me the story. And, and so uh, that's a fun one in there because I think it really, uh, it starts off the book and I think it really kind of shows Teeny's character and it shows sort of how, what kind of relationship she had uh, with the, the wrestlers and, and, and how she viewed the business. Well,
0: and she proves that, you know, even in like the generation and the era that she was involved in and you mentioned it towards the beginning of us of us talking that you know she was in a predominantly man's world and she stuck to her guns on on these rules that she had about the business and how to conduct yourself and i think it's really uh it's admirable yeah
1: right she was always looking to protect the business and she felt that it was it, she wanted it to be a very family friend of- you no, know, even though the guys are in there supposedly beating crap out of each other, that's that's fine. But she didn't want it to be about sex. She didn't
0: didn't want the wrestlers hanging out with the rats. Uh, she didn't want them cursing because she felt that it, you know if it was family friendly, other than the violence, uh, then uh, she could sell more tickets. Right. So yeah, it was all about the rules were all designed to make the business as successful as possible. And the rules, you know, they didn't. Sometimes they they conflicted a little bit with what other folks in the business thought would make it successful, but you know, she had her way and in her towns, that's the way it was going to be. Yeah. And, and there's once again, without giving anything away, there's some hilarious stories in there and some, uh, some things that, you know, did you mention you know, like that Jerry Lawler did and stuff backstage that I, I mean, there's some, there were some legitimate like laugh out loud moments in that book as well. Just, just stuff that I really think fans would really enjoy. So um, hey, Brennan, before we get out of here, man, uh, one last time before we leave, like, feel free to just let everyone know the best places they can check your book out and then anything else you want the people to know about, man, like any kind of social media or anything like that as well.
1: Absolutely. So the book is called Teeny Professional Wrestling's Grand Dame, and it's available on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle format. The Kindle's only three ninety nine, dollars 99 so uh, if you, you don't have to spend a lot in order to check it out. Uh, Amazon is the best way to get it, but if you've got a Nook, uh, you can get it through those channels as well. And I've got a website called TeenyJarrett.com, and that lists all the places where you can buy it. It's all the ones that I know about. Um, and and uh, on Twitter, you can find me at TeenyJarrett, and I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, and that's under uh, that's under Christine Jarrett, I think, but if you just search for Teeny, that's T-E-E-N-Y, and professional wrestling,
0: uh, then you'll, you'll find, uh, find it everywhere. Awesome. Well, Brennan, thanks again, man, for coming on the show and spending some time with us today. Um, it was great meeting you in the Nashville Fairgrounds, and I will definitely stay in touch more often. Thanks again for the tip on the poor Peddler in Paducah, Paduca, Paduca, uh, Kentucky. And uh, we'll be in touch, man, and I hope nothing but success for you and for the book. weekend after thanksgiving awesome so, awesome i'll be there also I'll, I'll see you there man that's awesome right, I'll, I'll be there with the uh with the guys from uh from heroes and legends again that do the uh the pro wrestling memorabilia so so awesome man well i'll see you uh in person in november then at the very least and i'll be in touch before that but uh brendan thanks again for your time today man you have a good one
1: thanks steven
0: i enjoyed it all right everyone and that was brendan martin the author of Teeny Professional Wrestling's Grand Dame. What a great dude. Great story. Pick up a copy of that book. Just find it anywhere that Brendan just mentioned and check him out in person at Wrestlecade. I'll be there as well. I mentioned it at the top of the show. So all great stuff. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. That's at F I G H T T L K underscore. Got a Facebook group to search at Fight Talk Podcast in the search bar. I can uh, be followed on Podomatic, but please subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. If you're subscribed on iTunes, please rate and comment. Just pop in a five-star rating and any comment you want. It helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. I have brand new merchandise available at whatamaneuver.net as well as the old merchandise. That is whatamaneuver.net. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, anything you can think of, all shapes, sizes, colors, and just just grab it if you want some. And you can't find something you're looking for, just let me know and I'll make it happen. So thanks again to wrestlerumble.com. Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Doug Out of Boxing, and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon.